Tommy Douglas famously said that Pierre Trudeau was using a sledgehammer to crack a peanut when he invoked the War Measures Act back in the 70s. Now his son has, well, done the same in terms of modern legislation. We don't have the War Measures Act in Canada anymore, so it's now the Emergencies Act, and Justin Trudeau has brought it in, and he's facing the same criticism. A lot of people, including our Premier, saying this is a massive overreaction to the situation at hand. Now, of course, the NDP party hasn't been led by Tommy Douglas in a very long time. Today, it's Jagmeet Singh at the helm, and we are delighted that he has time to join us this morning. Mr. Singh, thank you so much for uh, joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, Always a little different, uh, dangerous, perhaps, to compare today's political situations to ones from 50 years ago. But nonetheless, the the parallels are there um, with a different ending. And, And I guess the question, just to start here, Mr. Singh, is right off the hop, Is this not an overreaction? Do you honestly believe the threshold required for the Emergencies Act was met? Uh, Yes, I think that this was, this is a very different act in the past. I think it's important to note that New Democrats proudly voted against the War Measures Act. And in fact, Ad Broadband was critical in replacing the War Measures Act with the Emergencies Act. And he's come out in an opinion editorial uh, stating that, yes, this was the right thing to do to support the Emergencies Act in this situation, it's not the same thing. It's not as broad-reaching. It doesn't have the ability to suspend the Charter like the War Measures Act did. So it's very different. And uh, in this circumstance, I think it's evidence of the failure of all levels of government, federal, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, provincial in, in Ontario, Doug Ford, and municipally to respond to the crisis. And the crisis is real. We've got a group of people that were set out on undermining democracy, not something that they're hiding from. They brazenly stated this on the website. They reiterated this in numerous press conferences that they believed that they could replace the elected officials with an arbitrary committee of people to make decisions for the country. They were attacking residents and people when normally protests target government decisions and policies. This was not a protest. This was an occupation and a convoy bent on hurting workers, hurting, taking away people's ability to work, and harassing and intimidating residents of a city that had to be shut down. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm in full agreement that the situation was untenable and it was, uh, you know, misguided and all the rules, you know, trying to remove the government and all that was, was quite ridiculous. But in order to trigger the Emergencies Act, you know, the Act itself states it has to in some way be preserving sovereignty, security and the territorial integrity of Canada. How, explain to me how you see any of those three categories being met. First, when you've got a group of people that are set on undermining democracy, fundamentally, this is a, a, an act without precedent. They, they came to Ottawa to occupy it by force to replace a government. And that inherently is something that's a serious attack on our sovereignty. The fact that they were able to shut down borders and lost lots of people's jobs, uh, their work, uh, days, in some cases, weeks of work was lost. This was a serious impact on our ability to function as a nation. It's funded with millions and millions of dollars. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just a group of people loosely organized, well-organized, well-financed, with significant foreign funding. Millions of dollars of United States-backed fund- funding went into this act of undermining our democracy. So this is very serious. And again, a failure to respond to the crisis earlier that got us to this point. This is uh, our an example of the failure to take this crisis seriously, that it had to get to this point. It should have never got here. But because people failed to take it seriously, it had to be taken seriously at some point, and that's why these measures were invoked. For a limited time, we're prepared to withdraw them. We've said, I said, that I do not see this lasting the full 30 days. I will be 
I am prepared and I'm planning to re- remove these powers before the completion of 30 days. And we'll be looking very carefully at the committee that will be struck and my regular briefings to see if there's an ongoing need. And as soon as there is no longer a need, we're prepared to withdraw support. And that's another question, because like you say, the border blockades and all the rest, yeah, serious, serious situation. The situation in Ottawa, obviously an awful situation, but all of those situations were resolved, or almost resolved with the Ottawa situation, largely resolved, by the time the vote actually came up on Monday evening in the House of Commons. So at that point, to bring in the Emergencies Act, wasn't everything that the Emergency Act was targeting over? When the vote was to confirm that it was invocation was necessary at the time, uh, and I believe it was. In addition, there are still ongoing threats. The folks that were occupying Ottawa moved just to the borders. There's a number of vehicles still in neighboring cities of Ibram and Bars where there are vehicles there waiting to return. The security officials have said that they believe very strongly that these folks will return if the emergency orders are lifted, and they are waiting just to see that they were lifted. There are folks that are still in Ottawa in Airbnbs and hotels waiting to see if the orders are lifted and then they will return. We've also gotten uh, publicly available um, briefings from from security folks that are indicated uh, additional attempts have been made to have convoys come to Ottawa, as well as additional attempts have been made to shut down borders, all which were thwarted or stopped because of the Emergencies Act. So there are ongoing threats, and there's ongoing funding questions, and there's ongoing organizing. Uh, We want to see all those things stopped. We don't think that's going to take the full 30 days, but we know that that's still a real risk. I don't know if we ever had it determined whether or not it was a confidence vote. There were certainly people saying that it was. It wasn't confirmed. It was asked just before the vote in the House of Commons, and, and the question was ignored. Um, did you believe it was a confidence vote when you spoke with your MPs? Oh, we, we knew that this was a confidence vote from the beginning. Uh, our decision was based on us uh, strongly believing that this was uh, needed to be done to stop the serious crisis, that the failure to acknowledge how serious it was is what brought us to this point. And so we, we knew that this needed to happen. But I, I always knew that, uh, you know, we've got a throne speech, which has far less impact than being able to invoke an emergencies act. If a throne speech is a, a confidence vote, then certainly this was a confidence vote. So if this again, wasn't a confidence already... vote, it, that would not have changed the way you approached it. If, if we knew for certain that it was not a confidence vote, you wouldn't have voted differently. Right, uh, and, and that's and that's why I'm indicating that we knew already this was okay. from the beginning. This wasn't something new to us. We knew that, and we had made our decision based on the serious threat to Canadians. Um, you, 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 yeah, and I agree with you 100%. It never should have got to the situation that it did. Um, going back to the very beginning, the mandates that, that sparked all this, and now by the end of it, it had nothing to do with mandates. I think we agree on that. But sort of that was the trigger. That was the tipping point. How do you feel about the mandates themselves and the trucker mandates and the travel mandates and the border mandates, the ones that the federal government are in control of? And there's not many, but the ones that they are. I mean, the trucker mandate, do you, do you agree with that? Or do you think it's something that this all could have been avoided by because there's no need for it anyway? Well, with mandates, I believe that those are decisions that we listen to the best advice of, of public health and public health experts, uh, not to an angry mob. I, I would never think that people would expect governments to make decisions based on angry mobs at the doors when it comes to people's well-being and health. But I do believe there needs to be a clear plan. And I think people are frustrated, rightly so, that the vast majority of Canadians, the vast majority of truckers have done their part, the vast majority of people have done their part, gotten vaccinated, and now are saying, well, what next? Where, when are we going to get past this pandemic? And that's something that I want to see happen. I don't want to see an arbitrary plan to just end mandates. I want to see a plan to get us out of the, out of the pandemic, which will mean 
changing restrictions, changing mandates, and that's important. But that has to be done in a way that actually protects people. And the most important tool in order to deal with uh, the restrictions that we've seen, the, imp- the important question is how do we protect our healthcare system so mm-hmm. that it's never in a position of co- being collapsed? Keeping it public so that anyone who needs care can get it, and it doesn't matter how much money you earn. Making sure we've got a strong and robust healthcare system that's properly funded is one of the biggest questions and one of the biggest parts of getting past the pandemic and having a plan in place where our healthcare system doesn't continually be at threat of collapsing due to the pressure of an increased need, whether it's because of COVID or any other need. That's, I think, something that Canadians deserve and something that we're pushing for. Uh, last one, and then I'll let you go. Um, you say you don't think this will last the full 30 days. Um, in reality, you are, you're, you're, you're in charge here. I mean, uh, the, this would not be in place if it weren't for your vote and your party's vote. You're basically the ones that determine whether or not it is in effect. Um, how do you go about having it revoked? Um, and what do you need to see before you stand up in the House of Commons and say, okay, this needs to end? So there are a couple of things that we, we've got a, a committee that's struck by law, an oversight committee that has to constantly receive evidence, testimony, and rational for why this has to continue. And at that committee, we'll be evaluating any moment where we think there's overreach or the crisis has been dealt with, we'll be immediately prepared to withdraw our support. The mechanism to do that is you need 20 MPs to submit signatures for a motion to force a debate, and then that forces a vote. That can happen. That has to happen within three days of that submission of putting that motion forward. And the debate can only last 10 hours. So it's very limited in time. And then that forces a vote. So we're prepared to do that. That's a mechanism that we have at our disposal. And I've advised the prime minister uh, and I've said it clearly that we are prepared to pull our support as soon as it's no longer needed. Or if there's any moment where we see an overreach uh, or abuse of power, and, and I guess the question is, what what would give you what more needs to happen for you to say, okay, it's not needed anymore? I mean, at this point, it's it's hard for a lot of people to justify. So, what are you looking for to say, okay, this has gone as far as it needs to go? Well, there was a three week occupation of the capital city that just was cleared up a couple it was. Of days ago. Well, it was just cleared up a couple of days ago. So they were entrenched. They had logistics. They had organization. They had funding. So that was not something that's going to go away just because they've been cleared up. So there's vehicles that are still waiting, and we've got reports of those from security folks and, and from police officials. That are, there are vehicles that are waiting just outside Ottawa's border uh, to return. We know there's significant amounts of funds that still have to be dealt with, and we know there's been repeated attempts. There's been attempts that have been thwarted since the Emergencies Act has been in place, attempts to, again, another convoy to come to Ottawa. There's been attempts to shut down borders. And all of those have been stopped. And so we want to make sure that we have a secure period of time, that that there are no longer these attempts being made, that there is a clear disincentive or there's a clear denouncement of this type of behavior. And so um, I believe that that can happen shortly. That'll happen soon. But uh, it's something certainly that needs a little bit more time. Uh, Mr. Singh, unfortunately, I'm out of time. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you. That is Jagmeet Singh, leader of the federal NDP party giving us his reasoning for why the Emergencies Act is in place. And that's the thing. Don't don't get mad at Trudeau about it. Sure, he brought it in, but it wouldn't be in if it weren't for the NDP. They had to support it. They had to prop it up. So um, there's his reasoning for why he did it.